0: Podcast features an in-depth interview with Dr. Christopher Harrison and NECA Harrison on the following key topics in education: parental engagement, academic achievement, homeschool community partnerships, and school reform. In this interview, George Pearson of Education is the best medicine facilitates an analysis of their book titled How to Help Your Child Achieve Academic Success in School, Educating Your Child during the elementary, middle, and high
1: school years. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Education is the Best Medicine. And welcome to part two of our show with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Harrison, uh, Christopher and Nika Harrison. Nika. Nika Harrison. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to get it right. Uh, we were talking about their book, How uh, to Help Your Child Achieve Success, uh, Academic Success in School. Uh, it's a book penned by both of them. And I want again, uh, welcome back to the show. Nika? Thank you. I um, wanted to kind of get started because I wanted to go through the book. Um, a little bit about when you first penned it. And then let's go chapter by chapter about, uh-huh. you know, what it contains and some of the things you think are important. I really want to attack this piece about a uh, studious versus non-studious in, in Appendix A. I want you to get a hold of these folks. Get their book. Uh, um, uh, the best way to get a hold of them is flashing the uh, uh, number on the screen and I wanted to get a hold of them, give them a call, academic questions they're more than happy to answer they're in the community, that's how I met them, uh, family oriented the whole, I mean everything it's just, it's just you know, it's too much, <laughs> I love it um, so tell us a little bit about the concept of the book and um, uh, and then we'll start going chapter by chapter the, the uh,
2: book was Motivated, we we were aware of the condition state of our young people, uh, in our communities with regards to education, high dropout rates, uh, you know, high suspension rates and low test scores, and we uh, were just seeking God about how can we use the gifts and talents that He had blessed us with, and we were led to uh, the Book of Nehemiah, and there was a scripture we read in there where it said you know, we will arise and build. And so the book really is an attempt to, is motivated from that scripture and to reach out to to parents and communities and schools to say, let's arise and let's rebuild our families and our communities through education.
1: Uh We go through an intro, and the first chapter of the book is, did your child go to school today? (laughs) Tell us about that.
0: Well, um, that was an attempt to actually address the fact that it, it's difficult for your child to actually get information if they're not actually in class. So um, the, the first thing that we need to address is, is your child consistently attending class so that they can get the information that is provided in the classroom? is difficult to try to advocate for your child and be an effective advocate if your child's never in class because the teacher, uh, generally, you have, I, I used to always tell my parents or the parents that I would work with, uh, you, or even the kids that I, I counseled, you give us more ammunition if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So that was an attempt to talk to parents about the importance of the child physically being in class and present and engaged.
1: Uh, the second chapter
2: is your child borrowing uh, class materials again? Right, and, and th- that's important because uh, when, when students are when they come to class unprepared then they end up falling into the category of, of disrupting the flow, if you will. Uh, the, the student has to ask for a pencil, has to ask for a binder and paper and materials. And if they develop a habit a habit of being comfortable coming to class unprepared, that can carry on into the secondary years and high school and even into the world of work. And right now we cannot stand to have uh, young people on their way to adulthood showing up unprepared. Unprepared.
1: Yeah, um, the, one of the third questions asked is uh, a question unasked is a question unanswered what's the meaning of that?
0: If Oftentimes, and, and I was actually, I can, I can really speak to this because I was this kind of student when I was in school. Oftentimes you have some, some students who aren't necessarily comfortable asking questions. I was one of those students. I had many questions and I was unclear about a lot of information and just simply never asked the question. It's important that we as parents help our children to become comfortable with asking questions that are, or asking questions about things that are unclear it's our job to take them through that process We do that at home by engaging in discussions with the kids and getting them comfortable with communicating so when they get to class they there's also an element of advocacy that our children do for themselves they have to advocate for themselves by asking the necessary questions and engaging in the necessary conversations to make sure that their needs are met
1: you know I heard springboard that you know you know and traditional black, family culture children are seen and not heard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how does that reflect you know the uh, a question unasked is a question unanswered because i know that for me growing up sometimes i had too many questions mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> we have a son that way right now we just picked I up. I love him already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy about him already. <laughs> so we, we've been we've been we, we 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 uh sort of we're exposing him to Benjamin Banneker, and he wanted to know what was an almanac. So we picked up an almanac, and now he has this almanac in his hand, and he's been in it for the last couple of days, and he's just asking questions and questions, and we have to consciously slow ourselves down to say we started this. Right now, we, we're piquing his interest, okay, if you will, and he, he, he's, he's eight years old, and he's reading the Almanac, and, he, and every, every minute of the day, he's coming, and, did you know this? Did you know that? But that's great, because when they were young, we were building their literacy. I remember my wife and, and I would say, ask me a question, ask me a question, and now we can see the results of that now. Mm-hmm. They are not afraid to communicate, and you're right. It's it's a challenge in the black community mm-hmm. because you're right. I remember being raised to say, Hey, you know, you're to be seen and not heard. <laughs> and we gotta help them strike a balance between that because now we have to help temper them down at the same time to strike a balance between being humble, mm-hmm. but at the same time being expressive. And it's important to be expressive in the classroom to, to be able when I was a student at Morehouse, I remember being in the classroom and and uh Brothers would say, you know, hey, you're going to if you're going to participate, make sure you got your facts. okay. And if you cannot back up what you say, then it's best for you not to say anything. So then that's uh, if we want our children to participate confidently in the classroom, we got to make sure they're prepared before they get to the classroom. (laughs) So there's preparation in the classroom in terms of materials, but there's also preparation at home. Mm. that we get them ready for so they can engage. Yeah, I academic think
1: learning. Uh, uh, Benjamin Franklin said better to master ignorance and silence than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yes
2: sir. <laughs> yes sir. I
0: know. Yes, sir. There's an element of uh, fear that a lot of parents have because they, they some parents feel that they cannot engage, their, engage in a discussion with their kids because maybe they don't have a certain level of education or they may not remember a lot of the stuff that their kids are doing. And it's all new now. Right, a lot of it is new. However, there is still a way that you can engage in a discussion with your child by simply allowing them to talk to you about the notes that they have actually taken for that day. Uh, another important, because there is, there's a difference between being expressive and being respectful Mm -hmm. toward adults. We were raised, to you know that we are to be respectful toward adults there's an element of that that you can still maintain but it is important for us to engage in conversation with our kids whether we know the information or not we can also use it as a tool our kids can stand to teach us something as well and we have to understand and be willing to humble ourselves as parents and as adults And willingly say there is something that I can learn. We can learn this together, and that's (laughs) where the participation takes place. Is to ask your child, "What did you do today? Why don't you talk to me about the notes that you you actually took? And you know, you you have you taken any notes? Let me hear uh, the information that you learned today. Let's talk.
1: That's one of the chapters of the the books. I'm going to (laughs) share that, but I want to get to: Is your child getting by or putting forth his or his or her best effort, and I'm a victim of that one, so I, Mm -hmm. because you speak on that
2: one. Right, definitely. Uh, There's a a spirit of mediocrity that that really tries to seep into our homes and our families with our young people, and we have to constantly fight it every day. Um, The best effort should be a reflection of who we are. When they look in the mirror, we want to help our young children to see that, hey, I am excellence why because i did my very best. Mm-hmm. So, how do you how do you help a child to know if they did their very best through conversation? Mm-hmm. Let's find out. So, you said you did your best? Okay, let's go through. What does your best look like? Right. And we help them to realize that because they may not be aware of what their best is. And so we can and a lot of times if we ask questions, we can help them to realize, oh, you know what? I didn't do my very best. There was something else I could have done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do, putting forth the best effort is all is will put, help put the child along the path of excellence in everything they do, whether they wake up in the morning and get themselves together, uh, whether they're, they're whether they're dressed, whether when they're speaking and they're communicating and interacting with teachers and their peers, just being excellent because that's who we are as a people. Not 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 some of the other things that we see occurring in the community that sometimes will make the ancestors roll over in the grave. That's not who we really are. Uh,
1: and also I had a question, uh, as we talk about the institutions of mm-hmm. learning, and you had mentioned in the, in, in the show before about the lack of qualified teachers, mm-hmm. the lack of academic mm-hmm. e- excellence, uh, this no child left behind. Right. Uh, I wanted to kind of segue and talk a few, uh, give us some few con- uh, thoughts and concerns around that.
2: Sure.
1: Um, and also uh, I wanted to, uh, um, again, uh, have folks get a hold of you, uh, get in contact with you. Uh, we're flashing your number on the screen as we speak. We think it's very important that you be engaged uh, and that you are able to engage. This is a process that uh, uh, we all can learn something from. We all can uh, uh, institute and, and make Part of our own. This is where true learning takes place. Right. Uh, uh, and, and you folks have been able to systematize it. So we need systems, African systems of learning right. that we can utilize to train our children. We need to. Con- we need to stop using systems that uh, uh, disrespect us mm-hmm. and, and, and claim us as being ignorant mm-hmm. and unteachable, un, un, un mm-hmm. and start promoting systems that enhance us from a family standpoint, from a right. culture standpoint, mm-hmm. from a, 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 a ready-to-learn standpoint. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about your concerns around uh, No Child Left Behind uh, and about uh, um, academic excellence.
2: Sure. No, no Child Left Behind came into existence. Uh, around 2002, 2001, 2002. And it's a federal program, uh, the goal of the program was to, to basically help to create uh, a standard of excellence supposedly uh, across the board and across the nation uh, and, and, and sticking in their uh, systems of accountability and high-stakes testing to help raise the standards for education. Uh, recently, uh, it's now up for reauthorization, and there's been a lot of criticism about No Child Left Behind. And some of the criticisms have been around the fact that it's a, some of the more common ones is that it's, it's underfunded, it's not fully funded as a program, a mandate. Uh, another that it's Mis-education not. Miseducation. Uh, right, uh, it's account. not very flexible. Okay. It's not very flexible with teachers, not very flexible with schools. Uh, another criticism has been that uh, you put so much emphasis on testing that good quality learning is compromised. Uh, if you will, there are some schools even in Oakland and in the Bay Area that make so much of a focus on just math and reading and parents out there. If you're out there, go to your school and find out what is the curriculum, find out what courses your children are taking, because I'm telling you right now, there are some schools where they've eliminated the sciences, the arts, and those kids are in that class in that classroom or in classrooms for the entire day and all their learning. It's just math and reading, and that's not quality education. That right there is indoctrination, if you will. Okay, mm-hmm. so so no child left behind is, is people who are even even political officials right now criticizing it. There's a, some other controversy around it because uh, issues with te- with what constitutes a highly qualified teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, is a teacher qualified, highly qualified? When it has teacher quality and those are measurable outputs, whether they have a degree and they've achieved uh, subject matter competency, they know their subject well. But then there's teaching quality, too. Not only is it important to know your subject and to have the minimum, but can you relate to the students? Do you have what we call uh, what is called Gloria Ladson Billings? Billings called cultural competency. Can you relate to the students? Can you draw, are you aware of their their goals and their dreams and their aspirations and their tendencies and and interests? And can you help make the connection? And so No Child Left Behind doesn't really put so much focus on teaching quality. And so we got a lot of teachers right now in the classroom who don't have the teaching quality, they have the teacher quality, but they're struggling with how to relate to the students and deal with classroom management.
1: And this is nothing new. Huh. You know, this is nothing this is <laughs> nothing new we we consistently see these mm-hmm. discussions i'm here in new orleans now mm-hmm. where they had a consistently strong body of african american teachers and now being uprooted by teachers mm-hmm. of other uh, disciplines and, and and ethnicities uh, particularly white mm-hmm. uh, i'm not against that i'm i'm against the miseducation of africans mm-hmm. in america mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I think both of you bring to the table is not a miseducation, but an education of a community right. and that's what we need with the skill set to, to match it mm-hmm. um, you uh uh in the book uh talk about note taking uh, uh, the importance of taking notes uh, uh could you reflect a little bit about that concern as a part of one of the chapters in the book uh,
0: note taking is important because Your note taking serves as almost a benchmark for making sure that you know what you need to know for uh, or just simply for test preparation and just to make sure that you have uh, the the proper information so that you can go back and refer to these notes. When we were in college, um, we actually filed each of our notebooks. Because th- this was almost like a contract, mm-hmm. to where if we did actually take a test and the information wasn't covered on there, we could refer back to those notes. And and I had situations where we we would actually take a test in college, and the professor would say, "I covered that in mm-hmm. in the class," and mm-hmm. I could go back to my notes right. and say, "No, you didn't." Yes, and this so this is a reference that I can use to again advocate for Mm -hmm. myself where I can engage in a discussion and say no on this date this is what you covered Mm -hmm. this is the information that I have here and this allows us to once again and I keep using the word advocacy because it's really important that we can do that for ourselves because in this this is an if this is my child's education my child has a right to ensure that they're receiving an adequate education and this is how you can actually do that
1: mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the next chapter was are you aware that your child might be missing assignments now that's a tough one because literally you know again if we get back to discussion around our, is our community academically engaged mm-hmm. and if they're academically engaged you have to be engaged in those particular disciplines Otherwise, you don't know that those assignments are missing or what's wrong with them. That's right. You know? That's right. Uh, a little bit about um, a missing assignments.
2: Definitely, uh, it's what we when we do workshops and seminars with parents, we help parents to get in the habit of checking the homework uh, and, and say, okay, well, show me, show me, your classwork, show me your notes, I and mean, show me your tests, your quizzes. And if your child cannot produce, then now you have something to probe further into. Okay? Yeah. And, and the book seeks to help parents uh, and caregivers understand that, hey, this teacher is going to grade your child numer- based on numerically based on the assignments that are turned in. So if there are 15 assignments and you have 0 out of 15, then there's the math. You have 7 out of 15. Then there's the math, okay, that's less than half. So, so it's just it's, it's helping the students to understand that there is a, there is a direct relationship between you, the work that you put out and the quality of learning and the grades and the testing and the like. It's just habits. It's just being on the mark, establishing these habits of being excellent in everything you do, even in terms of completion of work, okay? How can a teacher provide a, an effective assessment of your child's ability, if that teacher doesn't have anything, any work, it's a grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's always interesting, too, because I think that, again, our discussions of academics, academia, mm-hmm. learning, mm-hmm. teaching are myriad. And as I come to mind, is about those of us that are illiterate. Mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. uh, that, that mm-hmm. cannot read
2: mm-hmm. and
1: what kind of uh uh or English is a second language right uh what kind of obstacle that puts in the process of learning for a child right. uh right. how could you or how could you see how this this system of learning might help folks mm-hmm. that like
2: that definitely the uh, in terms of this book seeks to encourage parents to be involved and engaged in their child's education. Uh, I remember sitting down w- uh, at a teacher meeting, parent-teacher meeting, with uh, a Spanish family. And the mother didn't couldn't speak English, but she was there. Mm-hmm. And and the son was interpreting. The son was interpreting for both the mother and the father. And I would pause for a moment. And, and we had another counselor sitting there as well, who was also... Uh, uh, Spoke Spanish and English, bilingual, and so it's 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 this kind of engagement in terms of getting involved, and and the degree of involvement in a child's education can vary. Okay, some parents are able to. There's no excuses. Right. Right. There's just no excuses. Right. 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 Some parents can make sure that their child. Every parent needs to make sure that their child has a uh, an environment at home where they can study. Okay, and complete work and. and They say
1: if kids see their parents reading, they're more inclined to read uh um, and we want to, again uh, embrace you uh make sure people get a hold of you mm-hmm. uh we think it's so important that your kind of uh, uh educational process be uh one of the building blocks of, of education in our community mm-hmm. uh and we welcome you um n- another part says so here's uh, again me you read me again, I don't need any help, I can do this all on my own
0: once again, that was me uh <laughs> I thought that I could actually do things on my own. And I think um, as a community, we need to get away from that because it's it's completely impossible to think that we don't ever need help from anyone. At some point, we, we developed into adults because someone taught us So it's just simply not possible to think that there's never a time where we would need to tap into other resources. So, again, it's important for us to model that as parents. We first have to internalize that and understand that Mm -hmm. in order to engage our children, we have to learn how to partner. We have to learn how to tap into other resources that are beneficial to us of course we have to be selective with that as parents mm-hmm. but there are resources out there and if we want our children to see the benefit of being resourceful we mm-hmm. have to be resourceful right. mm-hmm.
1: you know um, in the final uh, uh, one of the final chapters was what does this stuff have to do with anything anyway
2: mm-hmm. it's it, you know it's and that's the, that's the challenge in education today is, is, is helping children to see the connection between what they're learning in school and how that translates in helping them to become productive, able citizens in society, able to take care of themselves, to work, establish a career, and make a contribution to society. And we can do that as parents, because we're out, we're working, we're experienced, whether we're working or not, we're still experienced with life, and we know people who are also experienced, and we can engage our children in conversations about how the, how, whatever they're like, whether it's math or English or history is, is related and connected. We can ask, I'll ask the teachers, what kind of assignments do you have? And, and if you're, and if you're really, if you're looking at your, uh, your students, your child's binder, you can see for yourself whether the teacher is making an attempt to connect the curriculum to outside of the classroom, to what's happening out there in the real world. So,
1: I said in this, hey, you know, we're you're gonna have you come back. have both of you come back. First of all, I think this is a conversation we want to continue. We want to partner with you, and uh, because we think that learning is lifelong, and anyone okay. in our community that can help us learn the process of learning, we need to do better. Okay. I promise that I would let your wife, Nika, okay, say the final word. Final word.
0: Parents no matter what your circumstances no matter where you are there is something you can do we talk about academic success but the habits that we talk about in this book are habits that any child needs to have in order to be successful in life when we say when, when we're talking about how to help your child achieve academic success we're talking about how to help your child become successful as a life long learner learning happens not just in the schools in the academic setting learning happens in the home mm-hmm. learning happens in the learning happens in the community mm-hmm. and it's important that we remember as parents we need to model all of these habits before mm-hmm. our children
1: mm-hmm. well you know in the final words of the book it says your child failing to perform as his or her optimal level in school have you had the benefit of a series of fruitful conversations with a teacher about your child's study skills and acting performance, would you like to gain more clarity on how to help your child sell? Well, this is the book for you. Okay. Uh, we want to thank both Mr. and Mrs. Harrison for coming on. Uh, we want to thank them for uh, their height, insight, and bringing uh, a light to a very, very dark world. Uh, and vision is our seeing things and seeing them both for you are visionaries. I want to thank you both for coming on, sharing the time. took a long time to get you here, but I'm glad you came. Thank you very much. For you. You. Mr. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.